From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Marketing Matters on Business Radio. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Marketing Matters here on Business Radio, Sirius XM 132. I'm Barbara Kahn, the Patty and J.H. Baker Professor of Marketing, and I'm joined by my co-host, Americus Reed, the Whitney M. Young Jr. Professor of Marketing and the Brand Identity Theorist. Hello, Americus. Hi, Barbara. So you are kind enough to give me a ride this Sunday to our colleague's Super Bowl party. And uh, the reason I asked you is because my car is dying. Oh, uh, so I'm suddenly in the market for a new car. And I'm studying the – I haven't been in the market for a new car since 2007. So I'm learning all of the new stuff, including hybrid, plug-in, hybrid, not plus plug-in, all of this stuff. Are it's you going to get an EV? I, I think I'm going to do – I'm definitely not going to get the normal gas. But I'm thinking I want to take a baby step toward the adoption curve mm-hmm. and do hybrid. So I'm a little nervous. So I, I'm going to need some you know, help. I'm going to need some moral support. Uh, and of course, you know, help me understand these brands because there's tons. Now I'm seeing everything as a car commercial, <laughs> yeah, including yeah. you know probably some of the Super Bowl ads are going to be car yeah. commercials as well. What are so your it would be great if we had people on our show who talk about brands and yep. how you create brands on the Super Bowl yep. and. That would be good. I'll tell you, you could just buy the car we bought also. We have a hybrid. Oh, did you? Yeah. What'd you buy? I don't know exactly. <laughs> My husband... The power of brands, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> My husband picked it out, but I know it's a hybrid. I think it's a Lexus. <laughs> she thinks it's a Lexus. Wow. Well... <laughs> Those are first world problems. I think I might have a Lexus, but it could be a Benz. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who the hell knows anyway. what it is? But it works. Yeah, very nice. Very nice. Very exec- cool. expect to be called on it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) But today is our Super Bowl edition of the show. We're going to talk about Super Bowl ads, why why people do it. They're so expensive. Why Gosh, do they yeah. do it? Is mm-hmm. it really worth it? Right. Are they effective? And, of course, when people put out Super Bowl ads, they're like the best of the best. The best of the they're best. They're trying really hard to make them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we are, we're going to take you to our Super Bowl party for our, for our department. Yep. And as a department, we like football, and we love the Eagles, yes. but we like the commercials. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it's going to be very exciting to check all that out. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have a conversation today, so sort of teeing up some of the key issues and why do companies do this? You know, what are these ads going to try to do? What are the new things, the new trends that are happening with respect to these Super Bowl ads and these kinds of things? Yeah, and that's really exciting. And it would be wonderful to have an expert with us. So we do. (laughs) (laughs) Which is great. We have Janine Poggi, who's the assistant managing editor of Ad Age. And I've looked at the recent articles that she wrote, and they're all about the Super Bowl Mm -hmm. um, and what the different campaigns are. So, Janine, it's delightful to have you on our show. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we are all pumped and ready to go here, counting down to the Super Bowl. It's Super Bowl is our Super Bowl, so, you know, we're excited. <laughs> yeah. And then in our second half of our show, in our Spotlight segment, we're really happy to have Dana Marino, who's the Chief Marketing Officer of Rocketin Rewards, mm-hmm. and they are experimenting with a fun new Super Bowl ad. And so she'll talk about who she is, what, mm-hmm. what her company does, and why they chose to be on the Super Bowl, and in particular, kind of link up with the clueless actress <laughs> and why they're going to do that kind of ad. So that'll yep. be really exciting. Nice. But let's start out with Janine um, and tell us, Janine, what have you been seeing just from the you know the high level and then we can go into some of the lower level things and go into specific examples. What What's your observations about Super Bowl this year? 
Yeah, it's a big week this week. We're seeing a lot of brands pre-release their Super Bowl commercials. So a lot that you can already see that are out there to watch. And, you know, they're doing this really to build buzz. It's expensive to uh, to buy a Super Bowl ad. So brands get out there early to try to build the most momentum ahead of game day. Um, and then really what we're starting to see in terms of trends of Super Bowl ads is something that is true for most Super Bowls, but a lot of humor, mm. lighthearted yeah. ads that really entertain and make people laugh, you know, during any sort of like difficult time. And especially, you know, currently in an economic downturn, brands are looking not to lean into any major issues. They are really mm. looking to entertain and, and make people have fun during a time, you know, of a, of a game where people are enjoying themselves. So that's definitely what we are seeing so far already at this point. You know, in the past, I think we also saw some seasons that had a lot of celebrities. Have you noticed a lot of celebrities in these ads? Oh, yes. Yeah. Celebrities are always a key and integral part of Super Bowl advertising. We're seeing a lot of big names, everyone from Ben Affleck to Will Ferrell to Alicia Silverstone, lots of different musicians, mm. Kiss. You know, uh, really, it runs the gamut from like young rappers to nice. older rock stars. So it's uh, it's really get all of all of it in in the Super Bowl. And so, like this year, Pepsi's not doing the halftime oh. show, right? Is that so? And That's they had correct. been doing it for the last maybe ten years mm. or something like that. Oh. So I forget who's doing it. Do you, it's now Apple Music. Oh, it's Apple, Apple Music. music. Oh, so that's, that's interesting. interesting. So have you written about any of that, or is that something? Because Rihanna is uh, headlining the halftime show. There's a lot of excitement, of course, around that, and and Apple playing a big role in producing that. So they'll have a big presence in and around the halftime show. Interesting. But yeah. you know what's interesting about Pepsi and Apple? If I think of two brands that don't, you know, I would remember, yep. you know, unlike my car brand, apparently, <laughs> <laughs> it would be Apple. It would be Apple. And it would be Pepsi. Yep. So, I mean, do you have, a, I mean, I, I know you're a reporter, but I, so you report, in, but do you have an opinion about the value of all of this, uh, you know? Yeah, I mean, look, this is the one time of year, especially now when you see so many people watching content on places where there are no ads uh, it is the one time of year where live TV gets all of these people sitting down at the same time in the same place right. and actually interested in watching the ads. And that is incredibly, incredibly rare right now. Mm. I think it's interesting as well, Janine, because in some senses, your point's very well taken, which is it's an entertainment opportunity. It's one of those few moments where consumers actually want to be exposed to these kinds of things and highly entertained. And so it's a kind of very interesting you know, component to what is obviously uh, a very important event with respect to a very uh, popular sport here in this country. A quick question I wanted to ask about the notion of you know, creating these, these kinds of content. Are you noticing, because it, it's, it seems every single year you're trying to get at you know, one-upping the last year. And so what are some of the new things? Are there new things that are happening right now with chat GPT or metaverse kinds of things or like doing some sort of weird, not weird, but cool, interesting hybrid? What, what are you noticing? How are, how are they trying to up the level of the quality and interestingness of the content? Yeah, I definitely think you see a couple of brands like experimenting with emerging tech. Uh, last year during the game, we saw Coinbase which mm. uh, broke through the noise with a QR code. And the only thing it was, was a QR code, you know, jumping around on uh, on the screen. And I think 
that like really like broke through their mm. site. Oh, didn't like, it crash? Crashed. Yeah, it crashed the <laughs> site. Like, oh, crashed. darn it. Uh, they actually won, uh, won yeah. you know, a, a large advertising award for that. Mm. So yeah. I think this year you will first see brands lean into QR codes. Uh, Michelob Ultra and Netflix are partnering on a commercial in which they're utilizing a QR code. Avocados mm. from Mexico will have uh, a QR code in their spot and others will also be utilizing it either in the commercial or around like ancillary Super Bowl marketing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really a way for brands to try to directly engage with consumers, have them take an action. It's also a data play of being able to gather information on customers. Incredibly important. So, you know, there's a lot there. And I think that that will be like the biggest test this year will be the QR code. Mm. But, uh, you know, you are seeing brands experiment around things like Web3, uh, maybe not during the actual in-game Super Bowl commercial, but you'll see like you know, different um, opportunities in Roblox and platforms yep. like that in Fortnite. Fortnite. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're definitely seeing some of those plays, you know, the Roblox concerts and things you like know, that. Let, let me just go back. It's something you mentioned and we'll go into that because, of course, what you're saying is very interesting. But you mentioned avocados from Mexico. And didn't they create a little bit of news last week when they decided to pull an ad that they were going to do on, on generative AI, AI. Do you know anything so, about that? So the original ad, what they were going to do was they were going to use a QR code that linked to, when you scanned it, a chat GPT experience, a generative AI experience that people could then use and then tweet out like the responses that they got. They decided to backtrack. They'll still use the QR code, but they are no longer including the chat GPT experience. Mm. Oh, I see. Okay. So it's a partly backup, but not... So yeah, the ad is there. It's an ad starring Anna Faris. She's uh, doing an Adam and Eve play. It's a, it's a funny commercial, but that was sort of a part of that, a tech part of Wait, it. Wait, I get it. Now that you know all these ads, do you spend like hours and hours and hours watching these ads? Yes. Yes. <laughs> hours and hours and hours until um, probably by the end of it, either I'm sick of them or they sort of just all blur together in my mind. Yeah. One of the two. Yeah, well, that's some job, you know. That's a, we we almost have that job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have to sit back and also critique and analyze yeah, as well. Yeah, you know, yeah, so. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I see you wrote an article, and you're already talking about some of it. But one of your most recent articles are these trends that you found, and you you kind of identified them. You've already mentioned some of them, but let's just make it clear what you were saying. So you were talking about five uh, trends that you identified in 2023, and one of them you talked about you talked about already. But let's think about it a little bit again. Is this notion of partnerships. Um, That's like collaboration. So it's two brands together in one ad. And we saw a little bit of that last year with Pepsi, but it was Pepsi brands. You know, it was like Frito-Lay and Pepsi and all that. And I remember that was a big deal to be in one ad. because you don't usually see ads for more than one brand, but in right. that case, they were all PepsiCo, That's so right. it wasn't that surprising. And but there was logic behind it as yeah, well, right? Yeah, so like, here's all at the party, yeah. and these are all the brands, the Pepsi brands that you might be consuming. But now you're talking about a partnership, like you mentioned. Let's go a little deeper in that, just because that's pretty interesting. Michelob Ultra and GM are working with Netflix or whatever. You know what? What's that? I mean, I see you write that, but that is a really new trend. I'm seeing that in retail too, because you see it like with Ulta and Target. But this notion of these collaborations what's your thoughts on why they're doing it and how effective they are 
Yeah, it's really interesting. You're seeing brands that maybe what you wouldn't normally see together, right? Or wouldn't feel like an obvious fit sort of partner up to uh, promote, you know, their their Super Bowl ad. And it's interesting because I think it's a play on building audience and scale. You have two brands, you know, a beer brand and an entertainment streaming company coming together to promote both, you know, Michelob Ultra and the beer, and then also Netflix's new show, Full Swing. Um, you know, speaking with them, we just sat down with them yesterday and I had a deep conversation about like how that partnership and deal came together. It was a lot of like Netflix sitting down thinking who would be the right partner for their show Full Swing. And Michelob has been heavily leaning into golf and the golf brand. It's been a part of their branding for mm. a really long time and they've been doing more around that. So they sort of came together because of this theme of golf. Uh, they're playing on a Caddyshack theme, but then yeah. also giving people who watch the ad and the and scan the QR code an opportunity to watch the episode, the first episode of this full swing show early. So that is something that they are doing together. And it's about building scale, finding the right audiences that might fit together, an audience that is a you know true Michelob beer drinker who's also like a golfer and combining it with a Netflix streamer. And that's one route. And then another is this General Motors one where – Netflix and General Motors are working together to promote EVs. Netflix took a pledge to put and incorporate EVs into some of its original programming. Mm -hmm. So it's a, a funny Will Ferrell uh, commercial yes, where yes. they're talking about how <laughs> yes. Netflix will put EVs into their shows. So does it make it cheaper for them? Because we know Super Bowl ads. I don't know if you know how much yeah. they're costing now. What is um, the what, what yeah, is what the cost? they But yeah. does is it cheaper to do it that way? So it really depends on who's behind it. In some of these cases, it still might only be one brand forking over the, the cost of the actual oh, spot, and there will be other financial opportunities in creating the commercial and production costs and things like that for sure. But it's unclear if they're splitting the cost of the actual ad time or if they're sharing in the costs of you know production and all of that. It costs about $6.8 to $7 million for a 30-second commercial wow. on Fox. Wow. So with all your experience in this year after year after year, do you have any conclusions on whether it's worth it? <laughs> well, I mean, look, it's for these brands that there's these fewer and fewer opportunities to reach this size scale. Over 100 million people typically tune in to the Super Bowl. To reach that scale of audience these days is pretty much impossible. Mm -hmm. uh, there are no platforms that are reaching that audience all at the same time, watching at the same time, communicating on social media at the same time. So depending upon what the brand objectives are and like Correct. what they're looking to do for that year, if they have a new auto launch, if they have a new show launching, right. if you know there's a new product, um, it is probably the best way to get in front of yep. that right. audience and I think the, awareness. The other thing to, to build on your point, Janine, is the fact that the QSR thing's cool. Because you've got kind of you, you've got you've got elaboration, you've got involvement, you've got the consumer doing something, and now you've got measurement. So you can get these really precise kinds of things. Well, how far did they go down this purchase funnel process through this QSR code as a function of you know what we knew they saw when the thing came on? So there's some powerful kind of analytics, I think, and inference that you know that you can make from looking at that kind of data. That's pretty cool as well. You know, another trend you mentioned, and this is super interesting, is um, about alcohol. So I guess this is the first year Anheuser-Busch InBev is giving up its category exclusivity, uh, which I guess was their deal in the past that only they could advertise alcohol brands. And now other alcohol brands are coming in. 
So what's your thoughts about all? I know you reckon, you, you mentioned that as a trend, so I know you do have thoughts about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Like that, that you know, Anheuser-Busch's beer brands have been the only alcohol brands in the Super Bowl for decades. So this is the first time we'll see other uh, beer brands like Heineken and Molson Coors and some alcohol brands like Remy Martin and Crown Royal buy into the Super Bowl, which is interesting. It's interesting to see, uh, you know, alcohol brands because we don't typically see those in the game. We typically only see beer, uh, hard seltzer we've seen recently from from uh, Budweiser in the past. But it will create, you know, a new type of conversation around alcohol and beer at seeing these different brands. And, you know, Anheuser-Busch has a very specific format for their commercials historically. So it'll be interesting to see, to see what these others you know, do um, now that they're coming in. So I guess we have a sound of. We well, uh, <laughs> well, that was that was a very perfect, seamless uh, segue, Barbara. Thanks for. Uh, I yeah. need you to we, do that. We, we actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, Janine, we actually have a, a few uh, audio clips from some example uh, Super Bowl ads. In fact, we actually have the avocado. Uh, we can commercial. do that one, and also what she's talking about—the sound that she said the book, the Anheuser Busch light sound. Uh. Yes. Yeah, so let's go ahead and listen to the avocados uh, commercial right now. Since time began, there has been one fruit with the ability to change the world. One fruit that can alter history with one small bite. One fruit with the ability to make everything better. Okay, so somehow that's going to lead to the QR code, I guess. Yeah, but that, let me tell you what the actual, I... Yeah, the actual commercial has Anna Faris in it. Yes. So she'll be playing Eve uh, from Adam and Eve. Oh, I see. Yes, I see. it's a whole thing. I, lo I love this idea, but first of all, it reminds me that, you know, well, I, I love avocado, so that's, <laughs> you know, that we call that nature's butter. But anyway, so, um, I mean, I love the idea of the fact that it's a food. It's certainly going to be at many of these parties in a dip, right? I mean, come on, right? So, you know, it, it's a smart kind of context. And sometimes you, you think some brands, and what's, what's kind of weird? What are they doing? GoDaddy.com, although they were successful as well. But, you know, I think it's interesting to sort of like play up the, the marketing of the food category itself, you know, increasing sort of the overall, you know, consumption and then, you know, focusing on making sure that avocados from Mexico, the brand actually stands out. So that's pretty cool. What are your thoughts, Barbara? Yeah, I agree. I was kind of interested, though, in the other brand, you know, the Anheuser-Busch. Um, do we have that one, too? Because she was just talking about this alcohol stuff, and, and you were saying, what were you saying about the Anheuser-Busch before we hear it? Maybe you can tell us again what you were saying about that. Anheuser-Busch gave up its category exclusivity. Right, the exclusive. So Bush, Bush, that, is, that is one of the ones from Anheuser-Busch, this Bush Light one right. um, with Sarah McLaughlin. Okay, yeah, let's go. What I like about this uh, commercial, Barbara, is it plays into. I don't know if you've seen the uh, the old. Uh, how do you call this? The old. Help, help me out here, Dion. The old commercial with the pets. Uh, there was really emotional, really sad commercial that was done with the dogs. Oh, the Budweiser? No, no, the Sarah McLaughlin did this commercial oh. seven years ago. And I believe... I think I, they were in, 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 infomercials, right? Yeah, yeah. They were, yeah. They were, yeah but they, they were really lauded for like having this deep emotional... Like I, I went and looked at it, the old seven-year-old one. Four million views. 
and so it was like, you know, t- it, and so this commercial, I'm saying all this, I'm rambling, but I'm saying all this to say that this Bush, Bush Light commercial is playing into that. Oh, so you had to that. know something about this to, Well, you, you, you'll get it more <laughs> okay. if, you, if you actually have seen this Sarah McLaughlin video. Okay. The Bush guy, cold and smooth survival skills. Three things are required in the great outdoors. Food, drink, and shelter. Hello, I'm Sarah McLaughlin. For just dollars a day, you can help helpless animals find shelter. Wrong shelter, Sarah. (laughs) Also, that's a wolf. (laughs) Head for the mountains. Yeah, it's pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty interesting stuff. So, Janine, what are your thoughts on like these kinds of emotional sort of sorts of things? I mean, you said you you want to do a lot of humor. Why humor is, though? Like, why why yeah. is it is it less risky? Like, what's the logic? What's the theory behind why there's so much you know humor related sorts of ads that are going to be teed up for the Super Bowl? For sure, brands definitely do not want to alienate consumers or you know lean into issues where potentially people would be divided or anything like that. So humor and just having fun and, you know, entertaining is really the way that for the most part brands go. It doesn't mean there's, you know, one or two that don't lean the other way. Uh, But it's really about making people laugh. And look, humor in itself, though, is not easy to do. And humor in the Super Bowl has changed wildly, even from five, Mm -hmm. 10 years ago, for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, We moved away a lot from like the raunchy humor that we saw, a lot of like the slapstick humor. It's much more subtle. Uh, It's a lot less like laugh out loud, I think for the most part, you know, Mm. you'll have some really funny jokes, but there's not as much of that like slapstick kind of humor anymore. Mm -hmm. And you know, humor comes with its own risks. You don't want Mm -hmm. to make an offensive joke. There are lots of checks and balances behind the scenes to make sure that the jokes land well. So uh, there's a lot that goes into into that as well. Are there any um, first timers, people who've never bought a Super Bowl? Who are the first timers? Yeah, so there is a Web3 gaming company called Limit Break. This is their uh, first year advertising. There's a whole bunch of alcohol brands that I mentioned right. that this would be their first time in Rem- Remy Martin and Crown Royal. Uh, Popcorners, which is a Frito Lay brand, this is their first commercial. A uh, Downey, Procter and Gamble's wow. Downey, which uh, yeah never has had a Super Bowl ad before. They will add their air their first ad. Dunkin' Donuts. We'll have a Ben Affleck starring. Uh, oh, I read about that. Yeah, ben, he, that's ben like Affleck. organic. Oh, interesting. I mean, he likes Dunkin' Donuts. That's just, he's yeah. from Boston. Oh, and he hopefully, likes Ben Donuts. will be much happier than how he was at the Grammys. Did yeah, you see? he was so miserable. <laughs> he was there. so. Oh my God! I was, I was, I was just. I felt for my man. He was just like, I do not want to be here. I did, you know, J Lo's dancing, and I. What do I do? I'm Batman. I. I <laughs> wasn't that funny? That was yeah, crazy. Yeah, that was really funny. But he's an interesting brand. So he will be. He so which which of those commercials has been associated Duncan, with Duncan. He okay. likes Duncan uh, organically. He just likes it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. Very interesting. I assume he's still getting paid for it, but still, I mean, it's a genuine. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Yeah. No, that'll be interesting. I never realized Dunkin' Donuts never advertised in the Super Bowl before. No, first, first wow. time. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, and that, you know, like to your point about food and beverages and stuff, Dunkin' should have been a natural after yeah, all of that. Totally. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, okay, and so what about like um, 
So you said the creative is mostly humor. Do, are we the other trend? I think you mentioned in your first article was this idea of nostalgia. Like that happens all the time. I mean, I remember coming out of COVID, there was a lot of nostalgia because people really needed it, you know. And so there was people think about the past as positive mm. and it tends to make you feel comfort. Mm -hmm. And so when we were coming out of COVID, we were seeing heavy duty, a lot of nostalgia. And I thought maybe that would go away, but you're saying it's still here. Oh, for sure. Um, we're seeing the Rakuten spot that has Alicia Silverstone reprising her role as Cher in Clueless. There's the Michelob, like I mentioned, in Netflix, which is leaning into Caddyshack. Uh, we are seeing uh, a remake or bringing back Breaking Bad for Popcorners. The cast of Breaking yes, Bad yes, yes. will be in a, in a spot for Popcorners. So there's that. You know, you definitely will see like that idea of like nostalgia play through a lot of the ads, even in the music that is used and things like that. Like you do really see a lot of brands like hearkening back to the eighties, nineties, and kind of, you know, using that kind of music as the backdrop for uh, their commercials. Uh, do you, I mean, I know you're, you work for ad aid, you know, and so clearly um, you're going to look at the advertising aspect of this, but do you have any uh, feelings about the football? I mean, like, it's, <laughs> just, just out of wow. I mean, given you know, it's that, the Eagles, I, we're particularly interested. Yes, but yes. is there anything about this particular game, you know? I mean, because I've read, like, they really played up the quarterbacks. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I, I wonder if, that, if you've seen anything in any of the ad campaigns talking about the specifics of this Super Bowl. Yeah. We haven't seen it really show up in any of the commercials that That's we've seen so far. You know, it's always interesting when you have a very close game and just seeing like for brands who are airing their commercials later in the game and things like that, you always want a game that hopefully will be a very like strong matchup and not a blowout because yeah. brands that are, have a commercial in mm. the fourth quarter want to make sure people are still tuning in. So those matchups certainly do matter for the brands uh, buying commercial time. Yeah, that's interesting. So I'm sure we should know this too, but since you probably know it better than we do, it's like, does the cost go up or down as you go oh. towards the end? Is, or is it dependent? Or No, there, there's a couple of different uh, positions. There's like a, something called a floater commercial where um, you don't, aren't necessarily locked into a time. It might move around depending upon oh, the number of timeouts and things like that. Um, typically, the price from the coin toss and until the end of play is within the range that I, I mentioned. Uh, Pre-game and post-game tend to be meaningfully cheaper. Yeah, that makes sense. That and makes I sense. also read somewhere, but I can't remember what I read about it, that there's some brands that are only doing local versus national. Um, do you have any thoughts on any of that and how that plays out? Yeah, again, that's like a totally like marketing spend budgeting kind of uh, situation, like brands who want to have some sort of presence, but either can't afford or don't find the need to buy a national ad we'll just buy in local markets maybe specifically where more of their consumers are based or where they're looking to grow business um, we see an ai company uh dial ai who's bought in two markets um, there's a couple of other brands you know that are just buying in a couple of regional marketplaces but that tends to in some cases work in their favor one year reddit bought a local commercial in just a couple of major marketplaces but it exploded 
and it was like all over the internet. So, you know, that's the one good thing is something airs in a couple of markets. It still lives online and everyone yeah. can see it and people talk about it. So if you saw it only in New York, it doesn't mean, you know, someone in California is not also going to be able to talk about it also. Yeah, that's pretty interesting, especially when you you said earlier, when I asked you if you really thought it was worth it, part of the value is the replay and all that other stuff. And if you can get it with a cheaper play with a regional buy instead of a national buy and still get that viral talk about, then that's worth it. Because I don't know if it's clear to the consumer or the viewer if it's a national or local mm-hmm. ad. You can't really tell. So you think you're, right? Yeah. Not unless you're in, you know, a market that it, the ad doesn't run in and, yeah. and you realize it. But if you are not sort of in the know of that, you see an ad and it's running in the game, you don't know whether or not someone paid, you know, $7 million or less for it. So Yeah, well, boy, you have a fun job watching commercials all day, <laughs> but you certainly are really knowledgeable. Thank you so much for coming on our show and telling us all this, and we can look forward to Super Bowl ads. Where can our listeners go to keep up with you and everything you're writing about? Yeah, so we have a hub of all Super Bowl content. You can actually watch all the ads that have been released so far, and we'll keep updating that throughout the throughout until game day. It's adage.com slash Super Bowl. We'll also have all of our ad reviews up after the game, so commenting and critiquing all of the ads that you saw in game. And then at AdAge on Twitter, we will also be tweeting live during the game, and you could follow along for commentary. Excellent. Oh, that's terrific. Very Janine, cool. thank you so much for joining us today. We're going to take a short break. This is Marketing Matters Business Radio, Sirius XM 132.